Hey, Hoff, why don't you start the movie? Hey, thanks, pal. <sighs> hey, guys. So, um, f- welcome to Obscure Chatter episode 11, uh, which that's a fun one just because I've been rereading and writing uh, my second science fiction novel, which the lead character's name Eleven, which when Stranger Things came out and I was on like year three or four of working on my book, really pissed me off. <laughs> but hi, uh, welcome to episode 11 of Obscure Chatter. I am Terry Doty. This is a solo episode, as promised, uh, at the end of Ben Phillips' episode. Moving forward... I may be doing additional solo episodes that are smaller. I haven't fully decided yet. Uh, There's a lot up in the air, which I'm pretty sure everybody and their mom and their grandma and (laughs) great grandma, depending on when y'all got uh, y'all started, um, have been kind of adjusting to. It's uh, we'll just kind of see how it's going. Uh, the initial idea for Obscure Chatter, obviously, was we're watching a movie, and I'm watching a movie right now. It is not in my all-around top five, which, for those of you who don't know, top five movies are five movies that you would show to somebody trying to get to know you better. Uh, they're not your top five of all time. Um, they're just however you want to do this. This is not in one of my top five, but it's definitely in my top five horror, which if anyone knows me at all, uh, horror is a really big thing for me. As a matter of fact, Aaron, who is a, I would, I was going to say former, uh, that anime show fan, but I met her through, uh, that anime show and we physically met last April in Colorado but she messaged me uh, because her fiance uh, is not a big horror fan and actually wanted to get some recommendations from me on like things that you could watch when you're not a horror fan. What I'm watching right now, which is is not something that I would recommend uh, to someone that isn't a fan of horror. Um, but there's horror is a lot like most genres. It's just too broad of a term. But this is just a good one because it's one that over the past, oh God, like week and a half, I've watched a couple of times because it's one that I typically watched a lot of as a kid to escape. And I'm sure most of us can relate or probably I'm hoping all of us can relate to needing some form of escape because we've all been in our homes practicing social distancing. Um, And I'm saying social distancing like that because I read something yesterday about how for some reason a lot of people are misinterpreting social distancing to mean that you can't engage with people when it is referring to physical distancing. So most people are trying to use the term physical distancing now. It's distance, six feet away, and just respect people's space. But... Obviously, if you're, I'm curious, uh, somewhere down the line, if you're listening to this, you might be confused as to what's going on, but I highly doubt it because this is something that everybody across the entire world is dealing with right now. Yes, 
it is the coronavirus. And the coronavirus is something that my brother-in-law was talking about um, in the abstract. My brother-in-law, for those of you who don't know, I've, mes- I've uh, mentioned it on uh, Twitter a couple of times. And if you don't follow me on Twitter, please do. I will bore the crap out of you at 280 characters or less, unless it's a thread or somebody's really pissed me off on a thread, probably. But uh, my brother-in-law, David, uh, him and his wife and his two children actually live in China. Uh, David and Karen met while he was traveling in China. Karen moved here. But Karen is so incredibly tied to her family, which is such a foreign concept to me, but that's a whole other bag of worms. Um, she and David always constantly back and forth, uh, went back and forth to China. They live in the Yuan province. And Karen specifically has gone through quite a lot since Trump has been elected. And if you voted for Trump, um, I'm not gonna hate on you, uh, but it is troubling and I'm very confused as to how you and I get along as a listener and a talker if he's someone that you felt you needed to invest in. <laughs> but anyways, when the travel ban happened, Karen actually happened to be in China alone, while David, who is an architect, uh, David was just working, and David and Karen happened to be trying at the time, and... Karen actually found out while she was in China that she was pregnant with my first nephew, uh, uh, not my first nephew, my first nephew by Karen and David, um, that she was pregnant. And uh, Chinese uh, doctors there really strongly urged Karen not to try to fly back. So the travel ban happened and Jaden ended up living, uh, you know, being born. My nephew, Jaden, ended up being born in China and spent nearly the first full year of his life not having really seen his father. And he was born a Chinese citizen. So a couple years later, Jessica came along and Jaden is now a big brother. And Jessica is an American citizen. It's all so confusing. And I'm so worried about where they're going to go from here. But Karen, uh, like a lot of families that are a mixture of cultures, uh, you often worry about your children um, losing their culture or their cultural identity. I know my mother and father were very confused and dealt with this a lot with my brother and me, is for some people, uh, we it bothered them for my brother and I to refer to ourselves as Mexican. But on the same side, you had a lot of people very much confused as to what how we can, could consider ourselves anything other than Mexican. So rather than say Mexican American, we would tip we typically say we're American Mexican. Um despite us uh having a, a Caucasian father. A very, very, very Caucasian father. Uh Texas a very big redneck man. But Karen obviously was dealing uh, is dealing with this as a mother and David worrying about it as a father, them not losing their identity as half Chinese. Uh, and so David and Karen decided to make the decision to 
uh, moved to China for a couple of years. And uh, that was October, November. And unfortunately, this just happened to have all kind of work out around the same time of the coronavirus. So David um, and uh, has, you know, he's a, he works remotely as an architect for his firm here in the North Dallas area. And he was asked not to come back for a visit. This was well before they uh, stopped letting people in for the time being. God, fuck. But so... We all are just kind of talking about where this leaves everybody. And guys, I like the story that I'm telling you about my brother-in-law. Uh, it's just one of millions. We're billions. I mean, we're all dealing with this and it's all so confusing right now. And it's just really hard not to want to fall back into old patterns. But this is something that we've just never dealt with before. So... What the fuck do we do? You tr- you do your best to turn those lemons into a lemon fucking tart. and Or a lemonade, however you want to do that. Although, side note, I ordered a lemonade yesterday through DoorDash. And it arrived as an orangeade. And I do not recommend it. <laughs> Steven's still very confused and upset by that. It's basically like a watered-down crushed Flintstones vitamin. That's what it tasted like. It tasted nasty. But I still drank it because (laughs) delivery drivers and restaurants are having to deal with so much that I I just swallowed it. I was like, sure, fine, here we go. But so one thing that I have been seeing is obviously if you are familiar with what Stephen and I do, we work in voiceover which is how I'm able to, you know, talk so confidently into this amazing microphone and look at this movie that I'm watching through one of my many monitors and talk to my husband through talkback, even though he's definitely looking at his phone right now. (laughs) I'm sorry, dude. Uh, But I remember when this initially started, David was telling Steve and I that it wasn't that big of a deal. And I think a lot of us at first kind of had that same thing. We're like, it sucks, but it was just too much in the abstract. So when something is too much in the abstract, you don't take it seriously because it's not personally affecting you. And unfortunately, that is such a fucking egotistical mindset to be in. Because we did that, obviously, there are so many issues now. Um, One of which, obviously, is that most of us aren't working. I will say I have found myself incredibly busy because I am fortunate enough to have a home studio, which my agent and other friends that know me, they made sure almost immediately that I still had my home set up done and they wanted a list of my gear and all this stuff because People are still trying to find workarounds, and we're still trying to figure that out. And I don't think it was ego that none of us ever thought about, hey, what would happen if none of us could go to the studios that have the content that we need to record, (laughs) you know? So one big thing that I've seen 
is I will I will talk specifically in reference to uh, ADR. I've been doing a lot of ADR since I started doing voiceover. Uh, Subasa season two of Subasa season two Reservoir Chronicles was my first voiceover role ever. I joke, I'm like, obviously everyone knows me as the famous woman A. Um, ADR isn't something that I was accustomed to. I had stopped doing stage. I had stopped doing film. And really, at the time, it's so funny now, like some, what is it, 12 years uh, later, to laugh at the fact that I really thought I was going to be uh, an operations manager of a guitar center. I thought that was my end game. I thought I was going to work at Guitar Center for the rest of my life. And uh, the only good things that came out of that job really were meeting my husband and the gear I got at, uh, it was at cost. Okay. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> aside from that, but anyways, yeah, jump to this is when you're first working on stuff, um, as someone, especially if you're a retail employee like I was, I... I was making $8 an hour at a full-time job at Guitar Center. Um, And that was being like the merchandise support and assistant to the store manager. That is not a job that should have only paid me $8 an hour. And when I asked for a raise, (laughs) uh, the store manager essentially was like, well, I guess, do you want to get into sales? I'm like, fuck no, I don't want to get into sales. I want you to pay me enough for the job I'm already doing. Uh, I happen to live with three other guys uh, in what should have been a condemned house and paid, utilities included, 150 a month. That was the only way that I was able to make that work. So to go to your first voiceover session and for them to be like, we're going to pay you $35 an hour for this, that looks like some fucking like killer money. My rates have gone up a lot since then, um, now that I know what I'm doing. But also, remember, that's 35 an hour for one session. How much gas did it take you to get there? I live 20 to 40 minutes away from most studios I travel to. And that's, um, like, if it's Houston, I have to make a couple of days work around that because I will be driving to Houston. Most studios barring a pandemic, typically want you to record there. It's just easier. And also the collaboration process is just so much smoother to be like, I'm looking at the director. I'm looking at the engineer. Sometimes I'm looking at the writer. But so for ADR specifically, the rate goes anywhere from now. The studio standard, according to SAG, would be anywhere from 16 hour to 90. All right. So let's say... I'm working consistently uh, one season. Uh, let's say I'm I'm the lead one season uh, in a show where it's just me talking like this for an entire season. Per episode, that's about eight to, or that's about five to eight hours a week that I'm going to be recording. Do the math on that. All of that is fantastic, but... It's not going to pay the bills. And also, remember, no taxes have been taken out for that. Your CPA will very much remind you that your job is a really nice hobby around tax season time. So when something like this happens, which 
still learning. It's a, oh shit, what do I do? And that is just from the actor perspective. You um, don't really consider a lot of people because, because we're actors, we're social media, we have to be social media pros at this. We have to know how to sell stuff. We also do not get paid to pimp out the stuff that we do. And that's not something new. And I'm not bitching about that. But just letting you guys know when we promote something, it's because we are very happy to be a part of a show. And just want you to know like, hey, I did this. Ain't that cool? That's really the gist of it most of the time. Um, if I'm really pimping something, it's usually it's usually my own creation, like my book. Uh, like <laughs> I feel like a shill even when it's my own thing. Being like, oh, hey, check out this thing that, you know, took up several years of my life. (laughs) Please enjoy it. Or don't, you know, do whatever you want. You be you. But anyways, getting back to it. uh, It took a while for us to really see the scope of what was happening to the world around us and also just the immediate threat, which is the coronavirus itself or COVID-19. Um. The big thing that I've seen is that it really, if you're one of the lucky ones, that it only mildly discomforts you. Uh, I'm not referring to you as being a carrier, which we all are capable of, obviously. Um, It affects the lungs. And as a voice actor, that's kind of a big deal because it can cause permanent lung damage. And that's just us. So... If you're going to a studio that has about 10 plus booths running from 10 to 10. Okay, let's say low end 30, high end 75. And that's assuming maybe some heavy wall is happening, uh, the group sessions. That's just actors. On top of that, you've got your producers, you've got your subtitlers, you've got your art department, acquisitions, uh, social media, IT, um, the bigwigs, the CEOs, the ones, you know, that are the production assistants, the talent coordinators, the writers, directors, engineers. I'm forgetting how many people. The video department is its own thing. Quality control. All those actors are the ones that are typically traveling to conventions all around the world. It's just too much to consider and to really worry about. And so, rightfully so, most studios, and I mean, LA alone, it's completely at a standstill almost. Uh, It's a lot. So when you see posts that are like, I'm paying, you know, $4.99 or $7.99 or whatever it is for an app, uh, (laughs) you guys can suck it up and keep recording. And here's where I'm supposed to say, hey, you know, I wish you would be more understanding. Uh, please consider all the numerous cogs in the machine whenever you post something like this. It seems really crappy. But then there's the, uh, you know, the fact that this is me and you might not know me very well, but uh, if you're one of these people that's really myopic in your view of the situation that you feel that you're getting, you know, duped out of an episode because actors don't want to take the chance and they're getting paid enough, remember that little thing about you don't know how much we really get paid and you're not, we're not just thinking about the actors. And also, 
fuck you. Seriously, fuck all the way off. No. Think about everybody that is locked away in their homes and have the luxury of just bitching about having to be locked up. Those are the lucky ones, okay? I don't need you telling me that I need to suck it up as an actor and fucking get in the booth. I'm not thinking about me. I'm thinking about the world. Fucking try it for a change. Don't come bitching to me about like the fucking app price or anything like that. No. No, 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 no. We're dying. We're dying. We're infecting other people. That mindset is fucking bananas. Don't. Shut your fucking mouth. Get off fucking Twitter. And just think. Expand your fucking mind. Read a goddamn book. Or, you know, just watch literally almost any news channel. ABC News is streaming live on Hulu. Enjoy. No. It's some... A little bit more about me. Aside from being an actor, I'm also just someone that enjoys getting to do this really awesome, really cool job. And I'll say that it's an it's unfortunate that I don't get to keep up with shows that I've been recording. Uh, but I gotta think about it. I, I, I am I really supposed to be like well. Just do what I have to do to get that episode out for so-and-so. I don't get anything. Like, most of us don't get any residuals for the work that we do. It's not a big thing for uh, us to get residuals for voiceover. Most of us don't see, oh, what was it? Uh, you know, this movie made this many millions. This movie made this many millions. Even if it was original animation, actors typically don't see any of that. Writers don't see any of that. It would take really, <laughs> it would be really up high on the food chain and you'd have to be like a really big deal to be able to make some buku money at this. So, no, I'm a working actor that also, honestly, I make most of my money through writing, uh, editing people's manuscripts, as well as writing for video games. And, well, it's mostly video games and the occasional movie. Uh, the biggest anime thing that I've done is the Laughing Into the Clouds movies that came out through Eleven Arts and Shout Factory recently. But all of that, guys, and I apologize, I really don't think I offended anyone that should be listening, that could be listening to this show, but we can't think about ourselves in this. That's actually why we're still rising, you know, past the expectations of how bad things could be <laughs> for our, our country, specifically the U.S. We're not doing great, and it's because of that mindset of you're invincible. And also there's just an entitlement that I get it. It's easy to get into. Convenience breeds complacency. It's very easy to do, but we just can't keep thinking about ourselves right now. We have to think about everybody else. We have to think of everybody as family and everybody as important. 
We can't think. Well, this person. I don't really necessarily know if I have a point to that, but I think about. Okay, so something I I did a thread on uh, a few weeks ago was about my mother-in-law, Judy. Judy, uh, Stephen and I have been together for. Oh, God, that's something I should know. This year, it'll be 14 years in October. And a couple months in, you know, Stephen and I were friends for almost almost a year before we started dating. And it wasn't until we started dating that he brought up his mother or his parents because uh, it's <laughs> I've dealt with exes uh, when before they were exes that had very strong family ties. And for me... That's changed a lot personally over uh, the years, and that's a whole again a whole other thing. But Stephen clearly loves his mother, and that's not something that I think should surprise people. I think most people love their parents, and he let me know very early on that his mother was dealing, uh, had been dealing a great number of years with dementia. And Alzheimer's. Uh, I say both because it varies depending on the doctor that's looking at Judy. Um, because what? Would, okay, Stephen, what is the est- once it's, there's a diagnosis? What's the ex- estimated uh, lifespan after a diagnosis? Uh, the average is seven years. Now remember, I just said Judy. Uh, um. Judy's been dealing with this as long as I've known her, and I've been a part of Stephen's life for almost 14 years. So that's very confusing. But another thing about Judy, luckily, is that Ed, Stephen's dad, has really gone above and beyond as far as what a partner would do to take care of Judy the only way he really could. There's a stubbornness to not wanting to admit that you need help. And I totally get that. Sometimes we, uh, I think we forget that we're going to be old one day. Uh, I certainly do. Sometimes I forget about it until I'm talking to someone that's a good 10 years younger than me. And I'm like, oh, wait, I'm way past that stage in my life. Jesus, I forgot. Time. Um, uh, I will be 36 on April 4th. And it's like, I really thought I would feel as, like older or a specific way. Because I remember when my mother turned 35 and I was... She had me when she was 21. Yeah, I was like a preteen or a teen. I can't do math. It's Sunday. Uh, That's when we're recording it anyway. And (laughs) you just don't think about this kind of stuff. Uh, But now I see what uh, Ed has done for Judy. And I'm like, I know that I know that my husband would do that for me and that I would do that for my husband. (sighs) But that doesn't mean it's necessarily the right call to a certain extent. And unfortunately for Ed, Ed, uh, his health is declining because he's focusing so much on Judy that he's not taking care of himself. So (sighs) memory care is something that's very hard to find no matter where you live. In Texas, you really have to do your homework 
the health insurance system as a whole is broken, uh, and we really need to evaluate the way we take care of our senior citizens. Again, this is without even factoring in the pandemic that we're currently going through. But Christmas got really, really hard. And I think it was when Stephen and I realized that Ed had really been kind of covering how bad Judy had gotten. Uh, it was it was not a good day for anybody. And we finally had to have a really big talk uh, about what to do. And it was that we needed to get Judy into a, a memory care facility that was specifically catered to her needs. And anytime Ed would do an interview with somebody, they were always baffled about how long that Judy had been dealing with this, which is about 21 years. Um, it's something that I'm only gathering from stories that Stephen and Ed have told me, and occasionally Judy, because Judy actually has moments of, like, crystal clear clarity, where she's like, I know that I've probably asked you this already, but how is your mom? <laughs> or, uh, I know that I've already asked you this already, but where did you grow up? Uh, and sometimes she forgets that uh, my dad's passed away. Uh, all these things, but Judy's aware when she is being forgetful. She's, I, she's a great person, just all around fantastic person. And I'm not just saying that because she's my mother-in-law. She does not fit the trope of the scary mother-in-law, and I'm so incredibly lucky. But anyways, getting back to it, Ed had found this uh, nursing home that apparently just kind of fit all the check marks, where they had a memory care facility. Um, they, They seemed to really fit on paper Ed got it all hooked up, and we were set to move Judy in on a Saturday at 2. He just needed us to help move some of Judy's stuff. (sighs) Hmm, what's that phrase? You want to make God laugh, make a plan? Um, We get there. I don't necessarily immediate Brookdale or something. Brookdale or Brooksdale, I forget, living facility. We get there and nothing is ready for Judy. Typically, when you move someone in, even if they don't have issues with memory, uh, (laughs) you want their room ready. We rolled Judy in her wheelchair because she's unfortunately having trouble walking at this point. We rolled her to her room which was completely barren. There was nothing. And, excuse me, I also noted this in the Twitter post about my rant about this. Uh, There was garbage, used gloves, and there was nothing there. Which freaked Ed out, obviously, because he's already feeling guilty enough that he's admitted to needing to put Judy in a place that can take care of her better um, than he can on his own, or with uh, Heather, who's a great nurse of his that comes by a lot. Uh, it It is so... Let me explain this to you a little bit more. And I promise 
to try my best to wrap all this around in a neat little bow. But Judy, because of her difficulty walking, would fall. Because of her memory, she would forget that she can't really walk. So she would try to get up and fall. Ed is old. Ed could not pick her up on her own. Heather could not do it with Ed. The fire department typically will come out to do it once or twice. There was a point a few months ago where Ed called them a total of three times within two days. And one of the firefighters actually brought Ed aside and said, we can't keep coming out here. We can't. Like, I want you to think about this. And they weren't malicious about it. We could be missing a, you know, a life-ending fire to come and pick Judy up. The next time we come out here, we have to charge you $1,200 to do it. And if we come out here more than a couple more times, we have to call social services. So (laughs) Ed had to make plans. Again, fast forward to Brooksdale Living or whatever the fuck it's called again. (sighs) There was nothing set. And (laughs) the staff was very nice. They, uh, all the residents kept joking about loving my green hair. Um, Ed had to... (laughs) go here and there to try to figure some stuff out. And I eventually had to step in and be like, yo, where's my mother-in-law's bed? Where's her dresser? Where's all this stuff? And they're like, we're working on it. Does that help you? It didn't. About five hours later, a bed arrived um, and a couple of other things. In the meantime, people kept, and it's, I don't know how nursing home works, uh, nursing homes work. I used to, when I went to go visit my dad in Pleasanton, which is in South Texas, uh, I would, he lived in a trailer park. I would cut through to this park, through this nursing home that was right by our trailer park. I constantly walked through there. Nobody ever complained. I always did that as a little break of AC and said hi to people. That's my extent of my knowledge about nursing homes is just being really nice to the lady with the butterscotch candies and the cinnamon candies, which I hated, but I always took. And, you know, just kind of hung out with people, maybe occasionally played checkers or some shit. But that's about the extent of my knowledge. So there's that trope about nursing homes having bad food. It's aptly earned in this case. Uh, You go to their website and of course, you know, for photos, it's gourmet stuff, but Stephen got Judy some food and it was some of the worst food he'd ever eaten. And uh, there's supposed to be a fresh bread. And they're like, we don't have bread, but here's some potato chips. Like those are, I don't know who told you that, but there's no, bread is not uh, an equivalent with potato chips. And as much as I love potato chips, I mean, come on. Uh, it was just bad food. Um, so it's a nightmare 
constantly going back and forth, figuring this out. And all the while, nurse practitioners are checking on Judy. They're getting all this info on uh, what Ed has been dealing with, what Judy can remember. Uh, <laughs> and Stephen and I left. Ed seemed to be winding down, and it's when it's toward the night that Judy gets really bad. I don't know how many of you have had to deal with this, but um, sometimes people in Judy's condition can get violent and can yell and cry, and all of this happened. Um, Stephen and I left, and we decided to treat ourselves to just going out. We try not to go out all that much, but it's like, fuck it. We just got to unwind for a second. I have stopped drinking, but I'm like, it's not a healthy mindset to be in, but I'm like, I need a fucking margarita. And so we went and before we even sat down, Stephen called or uh, Stephen's dad called Ed and the nursing home announced that they don't know how to take care of Judy. The memory care facility didn't know how to take care of her. So all of that work was to just pack Judy up and take her home. So a couple of weeks ago, Ed's still trying to figure this out. Judy falls again. Fire department is called and social services. And they take Judy. She's so gobsmacked by this entire thing that, yeah, she's hurting people. She's so confused, crying, screaming. Now, I want you to imagine all of that with the pandemic and know that nobody can go see her. Nobody can comfort her. I think we need to think about that. We need, uh, because Judy's incredibly at risk. Ed is incredibly at risk. We can't see him either right now. And in some respects, like if Steven super travels, there's got to be this moment if I get cast in something where they're happy in the middle of all of this, if they're happy with me recording from home, where Steven and I might not even get to be able to see each other. (laughs) That's where my anger and my, my saying of fuck right the fuck off about a $4.99 membership to <laughs> to streaming content it's very much on it's not even on the low burner it's not even in the lineup to get on the burner it's not something that is at the forefront right now of what's at risk people dying <sighs> is kind of a big deal I can't believe I have to say that. People getting sick and having to consider dealing with 
permanent lung damage at, <laughs> you know, on the low end as far as permanent effects, that's a big deal. We just in the past couple of days dealt with our first infant mortality, uh, you know, infant death because of this, a child less than a year old. Uh, it's not cool. And I'm sorry, I did not, I, whenever I do episodes by myself, well, hell, even when I do them with other people, I don't like for there to be too much of a formula and too much of uh, an out line because I want it to be organic. I want us to just talk about what happens to come up. And if it's something I'm not <laughs> fully okay with, I've cut stuff out. Don't, like, don't miss... I've cut stuff out of that anime show episodes. I've deleted whole that anime show episodes because of either people being mentioned or people, you know, that I didn't know, obviously, at the time, but later down the line revealed themselves to be fucking garbage. I wasn't planning on being this much of a downer, but here we are. <laughs> On social media, obviously, there have been instances where, uh, you know, be like, hey, nobody's posted anything positive in the past four hours. I have online tried to limit the bitching because I think we we all, it's that um, news fatigue, this donation fatigue, this that <sighs> really makes you think fatigue. Like at some point, I'm like, Jesus Christ, can someone just say something funny? <laughs> and to that, I say, cunt pheasant. I hope that made you laugh. That's uh, something that I said once uh, whenever I flubbed up a line and luckily the director laughed and didn't go, hey, I'm really offended by that. <laughs> um, or, yeah, I... I re- I have been seeing some amazing feats of creativity. I'll say that for me, I've scheduled out my days to work in recording auditions, to recording some stuff. I've I've worked a little bit throughout this thing um from home with Steven and uh you know, been lucky enough to do that. But aside from that, it's I try my best to work out, which I'm right now trying to figure out if I should even keep my gym membership or if I should just cancel it because (laughs) I don't know when it's going to be safe to go back. Oh, my God, guys, nobody has suffered like me. I spend a whole $11 a month and I can't even go to the gym. Ah, see, that's how shitty you sound, person with your... Like, there are hundreds of titles. Like, we are in the golden age of, oh, hey, I wanted to watch that. There it is. Stop. Quit being a dick, you dick. Um, you can quote me on that. <laughs> quote me on it all. Obviously, it's recorded for the record. But I, I'm just kind of torn at the whole process. So when... The main studio that I work for, you know, posted something about like, hey, you know, uh, we care about our employees and care about that. So for the time being, we have to stop. It was one comment that obviously I just shouldn't have seen or dwelled on, but I did because the bulk of the comments were, oh, man, that sucks. But, you know, 
<laughs> this was the right move. <sighs> and I don't know why, but I let that fester. And then I saw other voiceover people and other friends in the industry that aren't necessarily voice actors uh, kind of lamenting the same thing where it's a, uh, hey, guys, I can't believe I have to say this, but um, <laughs> we'll eventually get to recording your stuff again. But there's kind of a big thing happening. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I, uh, you know, I dye my hair green. And I'm pretty sure, like, there's that running joke right now of, uh, I wonder what everyone's time skip look is going to be. But uh, for me, like, my hair is growing out. My nails are, uh, I I do the powdered nail thing, which uh, they're getting, like, Kruger, Kruger long. Uh, but I've been <laughs> watching tutorials on how to use, like, a nail, like, the, the nail drill set, uh, which is coming in soon. And um, I may die. That might be how I die. Uh, but, you know, I I told, I had to call uh, my hairstylist who I've been with for almost four years or about four years. And <laughs> I was like, hey, uh, because the thing is, she is pregnant with her first child and due in May. Uh, uh, it's like, hey, I am. Uh, she just recently branched off on her own and got her own little salon, and it is awesome. Stephen likes going there, and Stephen hates going to the hairstylist because it's just her chair, TV, a fridge filled with Dr. Pepper. So Stephen's in fucking heaven. Uh, and uh, like, hey, uh, I think I need to cancel my appointment just to play it safe. And she's like, yeah, but because she's. Uh, you know, her own business, she basically had to keep working until the city told her not to. And that's the way so many of us are. And um, it's just kind of bananas to, like, I'm reading on, uh, I am a 1099 person myself. Uh, if you are uh, at the beginning of April, which should be around the time of this episode being released. I'm not entirely sure when I'm going to release it. I typically wait a couple of days, uh, sometimes weeks after recording an episode before it's released. But they, uh, there are things happening that will help us uh, collect unemployment in the meantime. But of course, obviously, it's uh, none of this is a fix. And it's really hard as a creative to really factor in, you know, <laughs> some years were good, some years were bad. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. But that's something I have to consider. That's something that many people have to consider. And I'm fortunate enough to be in a good place and be with someone who's uh, paranoid about money that we have a fair amount saved. But it's that thing about being an actor that whenever I was first starting to really fall in love with acting, I told my mother, like, I think I want to be an actor. It was the first of many voices that told me that most people don't make it and uh, you're going to struggle and you're not going to make a lot of money. And of course, you get that first $35 an hour pay, uh, like paycheck and you're like, ha ha, guess I showed you, mom. And then I didn't get called in for like six months. <laughs> um, 
But I made $35 an hour that one time. So now cut to now where it's like, a, oh, shit. Um, I can like negotiate my rates and made a bit of a name for myself as a writer and as an actor uh, where it's like, oh, hey, yeah, I can record that for you really quick. Uh, here is my rate. Um, do you, studio fees, blah, 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 blah. But now the second you're remotely recognizable or Googleable, you know, like noteworthy on Wikipedia, which uh, if anyone edits my Wikipedia page, I've never been married to Jamie Markey, unfortunately, and my daughter has never been Tia Ballard. Uh, she's, that would take uh, science fiction to make happen. I'm talking doc, like Whovian level science fiction to make that happen because she's like only a couple years younger than me. <laughs> or we might be the same age. I don't know. But anyways, so the second you're any kind of remotely established, it's the, well, you're an actor. Don't you have like a bunch of money? No. I could be a regular on a television series, like live action for several years and not be like rolling in dough. Again, guys, we don't typically get taxes taken out of stuff. And um, that one gig could be the only gig we get for a while. Uh, I've been very fortunate with both voiceover work and writing work the past couple of years that <laughs> it's just worked out to where I'm like, hey, I'm not as broke this year. <laughs> Stephen's laughing. Okay, I'm not broke, but I really do hope that everybody hearing this, regardless of whether or not I pissed you off by being like, shut the fuck up kind of <laughs> stuff. But if you're listening to this, you're probably not that person. Um, I really hope that you guys are doing well and finding constructive ways to spend your time. Like I was initially saying, you know, like, yeah, trying to work out. I get to see my husband every day which I'm saying positive right now, but maybe tomorrow I'll be like, I get to see my husband every fucking day. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I get to see my dog every day, like constantly. I think there was a moment yesterday, and this could be dog mom logic, where even my dog was like, shouldn't you guys go somewhere? <laughs> like, I'm all for this, but I'm just kind of used to getting a little bit of time to rummage through, like scraps, you know, under the couch that you guys didn't see. Um, so anytime you guys want to like go to the store for like a second, just so you know, I'm fine with that. But <laughs> or um but yeah, but then there's uh just moments where it's like, hey, oh my god, I get to see my dude all the time and we've worked out a good thing because I'm in the middle of writing my second book, which I've made some obviously major headway in the past week or so because I just haven't had other gigs uh, that take up enough of my time to be like, oh, shit, I guess I'm not writing today. Um, uh, getting back into my Spanish, which Duolingo is fantastic and you should give it a shot. Um, it really helps with the written and understanding, not necessarily the speaking, but uh, for whatever language that you're going for. It's a lot of fun. And uh, that's helped a lot. So basically, I'm doing like school setup where it's like, all right, breakfast in the morning, <laughs> get ready, work out, work a little, lunch, Spanish, <laughs> work out a little bit more, spend time with dog, 
dinner with husband, read until I pass out at around 2 a.m. and then start over. Uh, that's where I'm at. Um, but we try to go for walks, which it seems like only in the past couple of days, people have caught on to not be in big groups together. But that depends on where you are. In my neighborhood, we're vi- it is so quiet. Has anyone else noticed how clear the fucking sky has been? Because that's terrifying. Steven was like, that's Venus. And I'm like, that's a fucking plane. And no, I was wrong. It was a fucking Venus. I don't think I've ever fucking seen it. <laughs> uh, like, Jesus Christ. So glass half full moment, like, oh, the sky's really clear and it's very quiet. And I think even like the animals, the neighborhood animals are like, holy shit, Gary, I'm not shouting at you. In this scenario, Gary is a squirrel and uh, his friend who is talking to him, not shouting, is also a squirrel. Um, <laughs> just soundscape ecology at play. It would be very interesting. There are even engineers that I know, they're like, oh my God, it's quiet. And they run outside with their field recorder to record just open <laughs> open nature, no cars, no planes. It's crazy. So glass half full. But there was a moment where I mentioned this. Stephen was fishing or he was attempting to fish because fishing is very much a alone activity or like one other person. And you guys shouldn't be talking, which is why I rarely go. My dad tried to get me to fish with him, but I just could not shut the fuck up. The only thing I ever caught while fishing was a crawdad that was eating my bait. Um, But Stephen tried to fish. Groups everywhere, people playing, you know, soccer, uh, picnics happening, and groups of people fishing, which even before a pandemic is really fucking annoying because shut the fuck up. Fish are going away. Stephen moved a couple of times. And then on the final time, right before he gave up, this little boy who was clearly having fun not being inside. Oh, my God. Like, do you remember, like, the beauty of a snow day until about the halfway point? You're like, fuck. I'm done. <laughs> I want to go to school and see my friends. I've already seen this episode of I Love Lucy. But, uh... <laughs> This little boy ran up to Stephen, and Stephen dropped everything, pull and everything, and backed away and had his hands up. And the mother fucking was like, um, you don't need to do that. And Stephen went, you don't know where I've been, channeling his Brad Pitt and Fight Club. You don't know where I've been, Lou. But, you know, less blood and terrifying of another person. And the mother actually, like, had to think about what Stephen was referring to. That's where we're at. It's this whole, and I've made this joke. Uh, it was around the the spring break time when that news, uh, this news team interviewed a bunch of people, uh, kids on spring break, people uh, mislabeling mislabeling them as millennials. Guys, I was born in 1984. I'm a millennial. Calm the fuck down. I'm a millennial that really wanted to be Gen X <laughs> badly. Um, but I'll settle for being born on 4484, which is pretty fucking great for this person with OCD. Anyways, um, they were basically like, you know, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die. <laughs> like, oh, OK, these are the same people that in a zombie apocalypse wouldn't tell you that they'd been bitten or scratched because it's that community episode, that zombie episode like, a, oh, I'm I'm immune. Nobody is. I, you know. I just can't 
I can't wrap my my mind around it, but then I see so many people continuing to like group together like this. I'm like, am uh, it's just a weird point. Like I'm in self isolation right now in a booth, further self isolating, and I'm like, am I getting too much in my head? Am I crazy? I mean, I'm typically crazy about a number of things, but like. These seem like very common practices that we should be implementing. And we're not because (laughs) if you're going to die, you're going to die. No, it's not a great argument. Um, Even at my most nihilistic, I (laughs) typically am not like, "Uh, you know, I'm going to live forever. I I don't... (laughs) Uh, as much as I joke about being a vampire, spoiler alert, I'm not really a vampire. <sighs> Which is something a vampire would totally say, don't you think? Uh, but like, um, this was before my county decided to do anything. There was a judge uh, in charge of my county that said, yeah, some people are dying, but I'm not really going to worry about it. <laughs> uh, yeah. That that was a fun thing to read about your county. It was a lot of fun. But I my license with my birthday being in April, my license is about to expire. And for a variety of reasons, uh there's a real there's real ID happening. So anyone that's basically about to have an expired license needs needed to have gotten that. And I was about to go. I blew it off about a month prior when I initially got the reminder. And yeah, I'm kicking myself now. But now, at least for our state in Texas, there is a point where if your license didn't expire before like March 13th, then you've got a a 60-day grace period. Uh, Don't come to the Department of Public Safety to get your license, which I always thought it was Department of Motor Vehicles until my mom worked for Department of Transportation. Like, no, it's... (laughs) It's public safety. That's where we go for our IDs. I can't speak for another state. But I went on like the 12th or something, and there was a decent group of people. I posted about this. Uh, A decent group of people, and I walked up, and there was this dude uh, who's just pacing back and forth. He sees me walking up, and he's like, the computers are down. And I went, what? When the computers have been down since they opened. I've been here since eight. And I went, oh, shit. And he's like, my license expires in a couple of days. Uh, and I said, shit. And meanwhile, me and this dude are the only one practicing physical distancing. Everybody else is clumped together. I don't know what it is about a group of people when we're all together people that aren't me always clump together. Not me. I'm a pro at physical, physical, I don't know why I'm saying it that way, physical distancing, Um, social distancing. I've been a pro for a number of years and I'm a pretty social person, but my voice carries. So here we are. But um, he and I are speaking at a, a fair distance apart from each other where everybody else is clumped together. And um, I said, well, shit, what are we supposed to do? Our license are, licenses are about to expire. And he went, well, I don't know what you do, but I'm, I drive for Lyft and Uber. 
if I don't have a valid license, I can't work. <laughs> and I'm like, shit. Well, if anybody gets in, it should be him. Um, and as I'm going to my car, I see this other dude, you know, with the very similar amount of paperwork that I had in my hand. I'm like, the computers are down. And he's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I took the entire day off. Blah, blah, blah. So I get in my car. I'd taken some photos, posted them on Twitter, you know, because the world needs to know what's going on with me. Um, Texting Stephen. And as I'm leaving, I see that dude in line with a clipboard. And so I actually repark and I'm like, oh, shit, maybe they're open or maybe they're like taking someone's info. I don't know what I thought. And I walk up and the dude that I had spoken to is talking to this woman and this woman sees me. She's like, the computers are down. And the guy was like, calm down. Like, she's the one that told me, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, yeah, I just I don't know why I figured maybe something else would happen. And. This woman took me being like, ah, fuck, to be like, it's big government. It's big government doing blah, blah, blah to screw over the little guy. I'm like, well, I mean, I'm, you're probably right to some extent, but please stop yelling at me. Um, and I just kind of went, okay, maybe, maybe I'll come back tomorrow. Got on Twitter, searched to see if anybody else was going through the same thing and found that pretty much every county in De- in Texas was kind of dealing with the same thing. And I found a senator on Twitter that was posting that, <laughs> uh, not a senator or a governor, one of our representatives for the state, he was tweeting, he's like, do not go to the DPS. Like there is a grace period now for, uh, you know, that's how I found out about the the grace period that if your license expired before March 13th, just don't come. Like they'll, they'll figure it out, blah, 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 blah. But I, um, I messaged him, uh, and said, yeah, no, tried to go blah, blah, blah. And he, he begged me not to go. He's like, I also run a freighting business. And I found out one of my drivers went today and my business (laughs) might be suffering. I forget exactly what it is, but he's like, no, nobody needs to be going. Please don't go. There will be signs eventually, which I'm hoping there are now. Uh, because I think we think, I, 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 I'm not entirely sure, but we start trying to factor in what is essential. What is really essential in your day-to-day life? Grocery stores have to stay open. Um, gas, you know, gas stations. Uh, <laughs> and then like, what else? Someone was like, uh, well, that should apply to <sighs> pretty much everything. I'm like, uh, to an extent, like I'm not going to the arcade anytime soon, which I don't really do all that often because, again, I'm 36 years old. I don't need to make a kid cry because I broke the Adams Family pinball machine again, which I do every time I go anywhere that that machine is. I will play until I've broken it and not a moment before. <sighs> so that's where we're at. Um, Steven's working from home. Uh, and obviously all the guys are brainstorming on how... This is going to go for obscure chatter. Obviously, the initial idea was to have a guest with me for every episode. And I found that I actually really enjoy doing these solo episodes. I might do shorter ones that are geared toward episodes of content that you also won't know. Uh, 
Again, if you knew what I was watching, you'd be like, really? And I'd go, oh, yeah. This is actually a movie that really made me like think about voiceover. So put that in your pita pocket and eat it. But yeah, like I'm considering how to remote record doing an audio commentary with people. Now, that was something that people, even during that anime show, were asking. They're like, well, why can't you use blah, blah, blah? Um, Oh, my God, Stephen, I can't believe this. But the first reference that came to mind, I'd say the most requested guest we had for that anime show was Vic. Vic Mignogna, which... (laughs) (laughs) And done with that. But... Like, hey, why don't you get blah, blah, blah? I'm like, because blah, blah, blah lives in fucking New York. Now, the way that we had it was a three-person setup. It was me on one mic, Tatum on another mic, and the guest. Um, I'd say one of our more jarring episodes is when we had four mics, which was like me, Tatum, Joel, and Jamie. And the way that we did the mic setup does sound jarring to me in uh, like now listening back, but ah, we didn't want Jamie and Joel to have to share a mic. We wanted everybody to have their own and to make Stephen's life more difficult with numerous tracks, which is something, again, that we don't do with Obscure Chatter. Everyone's on one microphone, like a real commentary would be. But so um, people would ask, well, why don't we do remote things? I'm like, well, we just enjoyed the natural conversation that happens when you're looking over at somebody else. That was a big running gag with Tatum, which was, hey, Tatum's mic is set, but the second he's talking to somebody, he's like, let me get this microphone out of here so I can talk to you without this mic being in my way. Is That's the kind of conversations that we would have, is conversations where we forgot the mics were there. Um, <laughs> and so anytime... I would anytime, and I, I'm not knocking this. I've done several interviews, uh, video streaming, which most of the time I would make the mistake of being like, I don't need makeup. Maybe I need makeup. Um, and, or, or just like the digital streaming, like through Skype or Source Connect, which is a great resource. Um, uh, ISDN, I'm sure that works for some people, but for me, I just can't afford a $700 phone patch that I would use maybe once a year for me. I just can't. Uh, But I know a studio that has one if you need it. But uh, so anyways, getting back to it, I just never really thought about it whenever Obscure Chatter started getting formed and firmed in my head is going, what if I want another guest? Uh, Now, with the world that we currently live in, we're trying to figure it out. Um where the episode itself wouldn't suffer with some of that natural conversation that happens. I'm not sure about you guys, but I don't care how confident, how cool, how collected you are. On the phone, we're all awkward as fucking shit. (laughs) I am not cool on the phone with anybody. Um, (laughs) like, at all. Uh, I used to make the joke uh, when I would do like voices. I'm like, I have, you know what would be a fun job? Uh, phone sex operator. And just be like, yeah, no. And then just kind of like filing my nails as this dude's like, all right, Candy, like you've been a bad girl. I'm like filing my nails like, yeah, I have. Mm. Like <laughs> I just, 
I I love the confidence, but in reality, I'd be like, I'm super awkward, and I don't, I don't even assume that you're touching yourself. So, <laughs> as a phone sex operator, I'd be like, uh, yeah, big guy, do it, <laughs> do it to it, take it to the limit. <laughs> My boss, um. You're actually supposed to be British. You're like, am I not being British right now? <laughs> My bad. He got off regardless. So there's that. Anyways, tangent. Hello. Hi. But for interviews, I don't know. I'm. We're looking into it, but there's just something about... Like when uh one of my favorite episodes was Natalie's episode. Um, Natalie and Damon's are two of my favorites. Everybody's great, but these are people that I hang out with that I feel like I got to know better through their episodes, and I thought I knew them pretty well. Same goes for Ben. Everybody, but like um, there are just some people that are like, oh, this is gonna be easy, and we're gonna talk about this, this, and this. But then in the middle of interviewing them, you're like, wait, do I fucking know you at all? And so I don't feel like those would have happened uh, as organically and the conversations that we stuck to wouldn't have happened if we weren't actually looking at each other as we're having, you know, this moment. But it's something I have to consider because I do enjoy doing the show. And obviously, it's a great way to spend my time, uh, the free time that I do have, which... You know, obviously, I we all have to find a way to fill our time. I've read numerous books, and uh, I hope that you're also reading because reading is a fantastic escape. And like I mentioned, uh, <laughs> I feel shitty saying uh, saying it this way, but maybe if I do it with this, if you're a fan of science fiction, you might enjoy my book. One of few. And, uh, the lim- there's a, there was a limited time deal. It's probably over by the time you hear this, but the Kindle is $2.99. And if you get the Kindle, you can get the audiobook for like $7.95. And that's a full vocal cast. Um, the prints are made to order. Uh, Amazon's really cool about that. Um, a lot of us have our gripes about Amazon, but that's how I'm able to release uh, books through indie sources with my LLC is through Amazon doing print to print to order. And it's just a really cool option. But numerous authors uh, on on that respect, a lot of authors, especially if they are indie or self-published, uh, <laughs> have been published. Uh, putting deals on their books because I think they've caught on to the fact that we're all looking for ways to spend our time. Uh, just like how movies are uh, coming out that were supposed to be in theaters are now streaming for about the price of a movie ticket for, you know, like two, one to two movie tickets. You can just stream, you know, The Invisible Man, which I want to see really, really bad. Um, yeah, I'm saying there are ways to spend your time and that we've just got to make the most of it. Be aware there's really no excuse in this day and age to be ignorant to the world that we are currently figuring out. Once things calm down to, I guess, uh, a respectable place, respectable, what the fuck? Once stuff calms down, there is no forgetting, obviously, what we're going, (laughs) what we've gone through in this specific stage. 
what I'm talking about, it just seems so trivial to be like, oh my God, I'm in my house with the love of my life and my dog. (laughs) And finding a way to make it work. It's just something that happens. Um, Something that we have to deal with. Uh, We're checking, for those curious, uh, we're checking on Judy and Ed as much as we can and trying to keep David... um, up to date on what's going on in the States because uh, China, I forget. Um, David doesn't get a lot of the news that's coming out. Um, There are media blackouts um, and firewalls that prevent David living in China from really knowing the scope of some stuff. So, Some of the stuff we tell David, he's like, what? What the fuck? But then it's the same thing. I'm like, okay, they're telling us this about China. What's going on? And David's like, oh, no, this isn't happening. (laughs) This, this, this. Um, Everybody in China is safe. That um, uh, David has said that things are getting back to some kind of normal and that our niece's our niece and nephew, Jaden and Jessica, are doing really well. I think uh, kids um, going to school right now, I feel you guys. I considered being homeschooled until I realized I would be getting homeschooled by my mom. <laughs> uh, just that would not have been a good home environment because what's the best thing about going to school if it sucks is being like oh I can't wait to go home or mm, again maybe a little bit too much is like a I really don't like my home life I can't wait to go to school because that's where I would see all my friends that's where I would be doing all my plays writing all my little short stories and poems oh yeah I wrote a poem or 80 um that's where that was my escape, you know, hanging out with your friends in the black box theater for lunch and all that stuff. So if you don't have that, yikes. Or as a friend of mine who um, has been clean and sober for several months, uh, nearing a year, this is a difficult time for him. So if you're no matter what you're dealing with, know that you're not alone and that there are resources out there. If all it takes is someone saying, hey, I get it, know that you've got that in me. If I can't sympathize, I can empathize. And I think that's what's really missing is too many of us are stuck in how it's personally affecting us. And so we forget all the different ways that people live and have to live the way they choose to live and have to live. It's very, very easy to get stuck in your little bubble, which obviously right now the bubble is the place to be. Territorial bubbles are where it's at. Um... And I'm not just talking about physically, obviously, that is a point. Um, We have to think about the greater good, not in the sense of hot fuzz, Uh, the greater good and just when this is all over, 
do we are we able to look back at this and say that we were our best selves? Or do we look back on this, still remotely positive, and say, I could have done this better. I could have seen this point of view. It's it's just kind of crazy. <laughs> this is fucking insane. This is something that, for me as a kid, living in the 2000s was this abstract thing basically until it happened. Uh, because saying that you live in the year 2020... <laughs> Or thinking, I don't know who's like, I live in the, I come from the year 2020. Like, you think about these very <laughs> dystopian types of uh, setups where, you know, robot, you know, John Connor is leading the resistance or, you know, <sighs> Skynet, yeah, Skynet's taken over all this. You just don't think about what it would really be like. And it would be, yeah, like this, where you're just kind of going, hmm, how much force can it get? I'm not asking. I'm not making that as a challenge. I'm deeply curious how much more we can take before it's like, it's, where's the where's the reset button? I, I think we need to remind ourselves that nothing is permanent, everything ebbs, everything flows. Um, but when you can give, try to, in the form of, uh, but also that's the the best thing now is sometimes when you can't monetarily afford to give, just helping get the word out to resources, stuff that people need. Obviously, with medical professionals, it's masks and protective gear and uh, what was it? Uh, a big thing. Oh, a big thing. Yes, obviously. If it's not an emergency in the States, specifically in Texas, this is how I can say this. Um, don't call 911 unless it's an emergency. For me in Texas, please check with your local affiliation. If you are not in the States, I don't even think this applies to you. So my apologies. Um, 211 is... Uh, for Texas, it's run by Health and Human Services. Uh, those are the people that you want to go to to ask questions. But if it's a minor emergency, like those in uh, those urgent care places, they are not set up for this pandemic. Don't go there. Um, they don't have the gear and they are not equipped to handle it. Don't go there. As far as testing, I wish... I had info for you. Uh, I do not. Um, <laughs> and a, a really big trend I've been seeing is uh, the thing, especially if you live in Texas. I don't know how, how it is for the rest of you guys, but is it, <laughs> there's, there was an article that are like, is it coronavirus or is it allergies? <laughs> Because uh, I, I ran into that and it's <laughs> like, I finally like had to like do like a, an app conversation with a doctor and they're like yeah it's allergies you calm down <laughs> like wow okay sorry i'm sorry i get all in my head and all paranoid but yeah i i just i really really hope that you guys are staying safe watching a bunch of horror movies because mm, 
And if you need a recommendation, you can always bug me on Twitter at T-Dotally, T-E-E-D-O-T-A-L-L-Y, or at Obscure Chatter, which also has its own Twitter. Um, And if you have a question for a future episode, which may or may not be solo, you can message me through either of those um, links via post or through email at perpetuallyoffbeat at gmail.com. I... And I have hit the credits, so we are wrapping up here. But if you have been a Ko-Fi contributor, I really, really appreciate uh, you continuing to support Obscure Chatter. If you're listening and you enjoy what you hear, please do review us through whatever podcast resource that you that is your poison. And if you have a suggestion for a podcast. Uh, arena that we haven't explored, please do let me know. Um, I'm all for sharing that RSS feed. But I, I really do appreciate you guys listening. Again, stay safe. And <laughs> if anyone wants to give you some shit, just remember that in my head, I'm telling them to fuck the fuck off. <laughs>